Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Voices of Roll On. It is I, your host, Anthony Perez, with your co-host here, Allison Ray. And today's topic is we mentioned it last week, like we always do. Um, it's going to be about minorities. Um, as y'all remember, last week we spoke about homelessness and how um it at least here down here in Miami it affects a lot of the minority community because there's a lot of migrating Hispanic and Latinos that they can't really um what do you call it? They can't really like set or have like a strong footing as they come in here. So um this week is minorities and how our experience as minorities where I am a Hispanic slash Latino male and a well not the male part but like the Hispanic Latino part and as well as LGBT because I do identify as gay so you know we have also been the target of multiple hate crimes um the most notable one being the Orlando club shooting. Um, yeah, and Ali, would you like to explain how you also tie in with the topic? Well, yes. So I'm also part of the Alphabet Mafia. Um, <laughs> and I'm also a woman. Um, which in itself is generally a minority. And then on top of it, I'm a woman in engineering, which is yeah. like even worse. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Um, so one thing that we did realize is that women are not the minority in the way that the population um, statistics go, like there's more women than males. However, the the way that they're like represented is clearly not showing that. Like it's not reflecting that. Um, in a lot of history and a lot of um what's the word in a lot of like influential positions you know like presidents of the united states we haven't had a female president yet uh we're about to go into the 50s in the amount of presidents that we've had and not one has been elected yet um like Ali said in STEM, a lot of the time the women are neglected in their voices and stuff. Um, my mom has seen it firsthand in her job. She noticed that her pay, despite doing more than some of her counterparts and having a lot more responsibilities and important duties that she has to do, she found out that she was still getting paid less and 
the dude that she was getting paid less than was only working in customer service. She wasn't, she was doing like data entry and like doing a whole bunch of phone calls for um, like other departments and stuff, asking where the food was because she works in like cruise lines and stuff and making sure that the food is like shipped and is going where it has to go. Um, so when I found that out, I'm like, damn, like I've heard stories, but never one that has like personally affected her like obviously it affects me because you know like she's my provider back when that um was happening so like you know if she's not making as much money as her counterpart obviously it's gonna affect the whole family but it was crazy to me because i was just like is it really only because he's a guy that he's getting paid like just as much or even more than her and she's out here like Doing everything. And mind you, she was a supervisor too. Of her department. So that was like the craziest thing to me. Um, It happened to me actually. When I was working at Walgreens. Um, One of my co-workers. She was a lady. And she was making like a dollar less than me. And she had already been there for a year. And I had only been there for like four months at the time. And I was just there, like, what the heck? Like, why am I getting more than her? And then I realized how much the shift leaders are making, and even way less than what I thought. Um, but that's like for a topic for another day. Um, yeah, that's for women in the workforce that I've noticed. Uh, do you want to speak more about that? Because you live it firsthand yeah so when you're talking about like women in the workforce there's a whole lot of stories um one was not me it was my mom actually it was in the 90s if this happened and she was working at a law office as like a secretary and Ohio has a law, basically, and this was before, like, non-discrimination laws were really mm. in effect for jobs. Mm. Um, so, she got pregnant with one of my brothers, and they fired her because she got pregnant. What? Would... Yeah, she got pregnant, and they fired her because she was pregnant. That would never have, like, if a man had a child, like, they want to get fired for that. They'd probably be given a little bit of maternity leave to take off, especially at a law office, for their child. But because they knew she was going to have to be out for a little bit because of the um, kid, they fired her. And that happened to another lady also at the law firm. Um, yeah. Um, it was before discrimination laws were really in effect, um, as well as Ohio has a, uh, I don't remember what it's called exactly, but it's basically like, they don't need a reason to fire you. They can just fire you. They don't have to, it's like no cause firing, basically. They can just do mm. it. Employers here. And that's still true to today. 
you, you can just fire someone for no reason. And they can't, like, uh, uh, try and sue you or anything for it, really. Because um, they'll just be like, oh, no, we fired you for this reason. Um, another thing, so my brother is very, my one brother who lives in New York now, but when he was living here, he was working at a local coffee shop. And this, this, by the way, happened, like, th- right before the pandemic. So, like, 2019. So, like, pretty recent. Um, he was working at a local coffee shop. And my brother is, that one is very, he's very gay. And he's also very, very feminine. Um, like, he wears nail polish, stuff like that. He'll do his makeup whenever he wants to. Um... He just, that's how he likes to represent himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and the owner of the coffee shop would always, like, make fun of him for it. Like, calling him a girl and, like, just just completely, like, berating him, basically, in front of customers, too. Mm-hmm. And so, I guess a customer wrote a letter about it and, like, that it's not okay to like make fun of your employees like that in front of other people I guess one of the customers felt uncomfortable like from it like as most people probably would um mm-hmm. and the owner said that my brother wrote it and fired him he 100% just fired him because he's pretty homophobic but um yeah. He also fired his friend. Oh, what was was that cat? I think it was cat. Um at the same time because he was like she helped you write it and she was like a very very uh she was kind of presents herself as more masculine and is a lesbian. Mm. So he was just trying to basically get everyone fired fire everyone that was LGBTQ um all at the same time. Um so that was really, really shitty, especially because my brother had worked there for, like, a long time. For probably, like, three years, I think. Um, yeah, and now we do not visit that coffee shop anymore. Um, and the guy either. opened a new business. He opened a brewery um, about 20 minutes away. And he... This dude's just a shit bag, right? He, my brother's mm-hmm. boyfriend, also worked at the coffee shop, and he's he does like art stuff, and he um would do like chalkboard art for them all the time and stuff like that, and he had designed uh like architecture and had showed showed the owner at one point, the owner stole that, didn't tell him, and ripped off his idea for to make the new brewing place, and didn't give him credit or any money for the design horrible dude anyways um me firsthand um i don't no one at my job really knows that i'm lgbtq um so i don't really get any issues from that and i'm not gonna tell anyone that i am because i know if i did i would get issues with that um So I kind of have to almost hide who I am when I'm at work a little bit. Mm -hmm. Just to, like, keep the peace, you know what I mean? 
because I work in an office, little, like, I have my own office, and then there's, like, we have, like, I don't know how to explain it. There's, like, a central, like, waiting, like, reception area kind of thing, and then there's four offices off of it. Mine's one of them. And the other three guys who are in that little block, um, they still use the word gay instead of stupid. They're those kind of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, like, make fun of people if they're, um, like, men, if they're feminine, stuff like that. Um, so I have to, like, hide who I am at work just because I need them to be able to get my job done. And I don't want to create issues with them. But it sucks because whenever they do use that, like, obviously it makes me, like, really uncomfortable. But it's kind of one of those things that I'm just, like, I guess forced to deal with. Um, I technically could probably go to HR about it, but our HR department sucks. Um, They're very understaffed, so they don't really do much about stuff like that, um, which is unfortunate. Um, And then the whole fact of being a woman in engineering is its own beast to begin with. Um, When I was working up at a manufacturing plant, it was like a medical manufacturing plant, um, I was tasked with basically designing some fixtures to put these devices in to help like clean them because they're very 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 tiny I mean if you think about it how big a heart stint would have to be to go into your veins like they're super super small um so they needed to make like specialty fixtures to be able to put them on while they clean so they didn't like you know get lost in the acid that they cleaned them in stuff like that so I had to design them and then I had to go talk to, they have a lot of um, manufacturing facilities will tend to have kind of their own, they'll have like all the machines that they use to like make whatever they make for their product, but they'll also have their own like machine shop that is to make stuff they need to make the product that they want, basically, if that makes sense. Um so I had to talk to those guys and they always give those type of guys that especially like machinists and stuff like that, they almost always give women like the biggest trouble. Um, especially I found machine shop guys, especially cause they tend to, they're not like line workers. They're usually a bit more skilled than just your normal, um, person who would just go and operate a machine from a program already written stuff like that because they have to make more kind of unique things and I find Mm. that those guys are always a lot more closed-minded than just your average worker um and they would basically talk to me like I'm a little kid yikes which was always annoying they would like yeah they'd be like patronizing basically yeah that's a good word for it like they'd be trying they'd be like explaining to me what machine they would use to like make this device and I'm like and how it works I'm like yes I know how it works I'm a manufacturing engineer (laughs) you don't have to explain to me this is a lathe you put a tool in here and you put your work piece in here and the tool spins around it 
to cut away and you move the, the you'll have to explain that to me i already know they would literally talk to me like i'm five years old and it was horrible um that's why i kind of like didn't want to get into like engineering for a company that's why i try and stick to like research because people tend to be a lot more educated in research and you tend to with education i find people tend to be less of an asshole um i guess is a good way to put it um i mean there's still issues with it obviously like one of my professors i had to explain to him in 10 different ways why something he was doing wouldn't work because he just didn't want to listen to me and i don't think i think if i was a man he would have like immediately just shut up and listened or like when i was being trained on how to use one of our cnc machines i the um operator of it was talking to me like i was a child he was like you have to tighten it like this not like this i'm like yes i know how to tighten a bolt dude like (laughs) i'm not five I've worked with machines for, like, years, like, I know how to do the simple stuff. That's not what I need to learn. Um, yeah, stuff like that can be really, really annoying. Um, and I'm not the only one who thinks or sees this either. I mean, we have, um, lab assistants at my work who are, like, college kids or undergrads. And one of them is also LGBTQ. And she also is like, yeah, I feel like I have to hide myself. Because I feel like I'm going to get hate crimed if anyone finds out that I'm a lesbian. And I'm like, yeah, probably. Um, So it's kind of just one of those things that we have to accept, I guess. Which really sucks. Um, Being a minority and just having to deal with what comes because of it um another one not exactly work but it's it's decently close to schooling being an engineering student for my master degree there was not a single woman other than me getting their masters in mechanical engineering not a single one i was the only female um same with manufacturing, engineering from my undergrad, I was the only female. Um, mechanical engineering, there was a decent, like, for the undergrad, there was a decent amount of females in that. I would say for every class of, like, 30 kids, you would have maybe five that were female. Five to eight, which is a decent amount. Um, especially if you think of engineering, because generally it's thought of as a... Especially mechanical Male engineering. Dominant. Yeah, especially mechanical, because, like, chemical, I can see leaning maybe toward a little more towards um, being even. Civil, definitely a little more even. But, like, mechanical is, like, cars and, like, that kind of stuff. It's very, very male-dominated, generally. Um, Same with manufacturing. Um, So, yeah, I would have classes where I was literally the only female in the entire class. Um... Professor, too, I mean, in our entire mechanical engineering department, I think they have, like, I want to say 12 professors, and only two of them are female. 
um, which is not a great statistic. I think in engineering yeah. in general, there's only maybe like in all the engineering that we have, there's maybe five female professors out of probably like 40. Um, there is not a lot. Um, I, grading wise and stuff like that, like, I don't think the male professors really treated us differently, um, at all. I know when my dad went to college, actually, with, and this is kind of ironic because my dad is definitely in the majority. He's a white, straight male. Um, mm-hmm. and he had a professor that was a female in engineering, and I'm just going to chalk this up to her just being so disgusted by males in engineering at this point, because this was the 80s, a lot more discrimination going on back then. Um, but she would purposely fail, like, all of the males in her classes. And only pass the females. Like, she would basically find any little reason to, like, give them bad grades. Um... Which I, I think is probably was her way of just trying to get back at males um, for being in that field. Um, especially in the 80s where ex- gender was, a, especially in engineering, there I mean, there just weren't really any females in engineering in the 80s. Um, but yeah. Did you have... Anything you wanted else you wanted to talk about? Yeah. Um, so I, like I said earlier, I'm double minority. Um, I want to start with the LGBT part of it. So for me, um, my family has known now for. If I came out my 17, that would have been 2018. Five years almost now. Um, When I first came out, the first few months were like really like they were strict on how they would speak because, you know, now they know one of their own are LGBT. They didn't want to like talk like they used to because they always gave the excuse of, oh, I'm from an older generation. Just give us time. Um, mm-hmm. my aunt has gotten really a lot better. Um, my dad has made sure to stop the way he was acting before. Um, my mom's really accepting. She has gone to several drag shows without me. I would like to point out <laughs> the audacity of that. Um, here in Florida or South Florida, we have a place called Our House, which is like a safe space for the LGBT. There's a whole bunch of drag shows there every day and my mom has gone to that place. So um, you know, she's really accepting. Um my dad so for those that don't know, Dwayne Wade's daughter, um, Zaya Wade, has been getting a whole bunch of um what's the word? She's been under scrutiny for just, like, existing. And 
my Don, he pointed out to me because I was unaware when, you know, the news was coming out. And he was like, did you see what happened with Dwayne Wade? I'm like, no, what happened? And he explained to me and then he's like, honestly, I support Dwayne Wade because, you know, as your ch- as the father of your own child, like you should always be there to support them and all that, all that good stuff. And I'm like, what the heck? Not the allyship. So then, um, yeah, that really took me by surprise. Um, grateful for them not really uh, making my worst fears come true and, you know, like, oh, thinking they would kick me out or that they would treat me differently. No, not, nothing like that. Um, so I'm grateful for that. However, in school, when I was first coming to terms with it, I was... I was, um, what's it called? In my first, like, um, oh my God. I was going through my first experience. I should just say that. I was going through my first experience in actually living how I am. And it was a whole journey in high school because... I did have a crush on this dude, and it was mutual, and then started going out or whatever, and we started getting really close, like, physically in high school, and I remember there was this one dude, and he saw us, and he was like, what the fuck is that? And he looked at us, and I'm like, (laughs) okay, like, it was just, like, so, like, blatant homophobia, and I was just there, like, I don't know what you want us to do, sir. Like, keep it moving. If it bothers you so much, just don't fucking look, close your eyes. Like, yeah, and I then, feel that. Being out with, like, going out with Alex, I feel that. Yeah, like, it's just like older because if you if y'all don't know, my boyfriend is trans. Um, so we'll be out at like restaurants, and people will just like look at us, and just stare, and it's like. <laughs> Can you not? Like, he hates going out to restaurants because people will just stare for some reason. You know, he very much, like, I mean, he looks like a man. Very much so now. Especially. Like, male presenting. Yeah. Because he's been on T for, like, um, probably over two years. Um, yeah, it was just crazy because people were just, like, hypocritical, like, I've had people from my high school say they would be like, yeah, when I'm older, my dream of mine is to have three sons with two girls. But then it's like, that is still, like, the girls are partaking in LGBT activity. But then when it's two guys, you're bothered by it. Mm-hmm. So when it's for your fantasy, it's okay. And then I had a lot of acquaintances that I had to cut off because of some stupid ass comments they would post or some Instagram stuff they would post or sometimes on Twitter what they would read to me. I'm like, I don't want this. So, adios. Um, yeah, and then... hmm. 
Who's nightclub thing? Rest in peace to all of those that are no longer with us from that. Um, it really opened my eyes because that happened in Orlando, which is like three, four hours away from me. Um, and it was just so scary because like I was in the closet at the time and I was just like, damn, like I can't even go out because something like that could happen to me. And it's just like, you really have to be careful, like who you really come out to because you never know that person's intentions or attitude towards it so as much as i love to preach like be who you are and stuff i do sometimes partake in like a masking sort of effect like hiding again in my shell where it's like oh i've had people tell me and even the closest friends like rob ali and mikey they were telling me like you're the straightest gay person I know, but it's like, I can't really, you know. <laughs> I mean, like, you do like basketball. I'm kidding. Yeah, but it's like. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like. <laughs> in real life, I don't have that fashion sense, the stereotypical fashion sense, or like, at least for me, I don't think I have that stereotypical gay voice or whatever that uh people say like oh you don't sound gay like huh what do you mean and then i guess in like what society thinks of as gay i don't really fit into that and then um it's pretty obvious for me if you were to, like, actually talk to me. But, like, in first glance, you're not going to suspect anything. That's how I am. Uh, it's kind of a def- defense mechanism, to be honest. Um, my vocabulary changes a whole lot in real life. Oh, my God. I'd be using words that I would, like, not typically use to try and, like, hide my identity. It's bad. Um... But yeah, that's for the LGBT, for the being Hispanic and Latino thing. As I mentioned, I am from Miami, so there is a lot of us down here. Uh, mainly Cuba, or Cubans, because, you know, Cuba's right there, so we have a lot of migrants coming from there. We have people from Central America and South America here. Again, mainly Central because... They're just closer. Um, and I haven't really felt like a minority here. Like, Spanish feels like just under English and how common it is. Because there are people that come from Hispanic Latino communities that don't really speak Spanish, but they speak English. Um, so, some jobs down here, too like, require you to be bilingual because of the way that there's just so many Spanish-speaking people here. Um, When I've gone to other states up north or to the west, I, I think in New York especially, I got a little bit of a culture shock where people weren't greeting how we usually greet 
Um, though New York is kind of like a city where everyone is, so you'll probably meet someone from your culture there. Um, though the music, I think, has probably been the biggest change because down here, there's a whole bunch of Spanish music, obviously. Like, there's merengue music, bachata, a whole bunch of Bad Bunny. Like, you go to any club at any night, I will guarantee you they will be playing the Bad Bunny album that just came out. Um, or his latest one, not just came out, I should say. Uh, like that, or that man has the whole community in a chokehold. Everyone is obsessed with him here. But when I went to New York, they were playing like the same three songs. <laughs> where it's like that one song was like, it's on TikTok where she's singing like, I just want to have a good night. That one. It, every every two songs they would play that one. I'm like, oh my God. Like y'all got no variation here almost. Um, Yeah, the food is obviously different. New York, there's a lot of American food. Um, a lot more coffee shops over there. Um, here, we really only have Starbucks. I don't drink coffee, so I'm not too familiar with that. But I know at jobs, everyone knows how to do Cuban coffee. Like, you can't really go to a job and not one person won't know how to do Cuban coffee. Like, it's just like a given skill if you go anywhere. Um, hmm. Here we have a whole bunch of fritangas, obviously, because different ethnicities, different like cuisine and stuff. Um, over there, I didn't see one. So, that was another thing that kind of took me by surprise. But, um, I, obviously, I haven't lived outside of Miami, so I can't say, like, any other experience other than what I just said now. Um, I know some people that I have made friends with, they're like, yeah, I went to, like, a PWI, and then everything was so new to me because it's not how, like, I was raised and stuff like that. <clears throat> and like one of my friends she's Cuban but she goes to University of Michigan and she would tell me stories of why it's so different and stuff like obviously the way they greet people, what they eat, what they hear like I was just saying vastly different um, and the one thing that I do want to touch on as a minority is obviously the hate crimes um in my eyes, as a Hispanic and Latino, I obviously did see an increase in the way that we were treated during the Trump era. Um, his rhetoric was disgusting, and we saw an increase in the way that uh, the mistreatment of us was happening um a whole bunch of people down here 
were scared that some of their like undocumented like friends or maybe even family members would be deported back to the country and whatnot. Um, us. So, one thing that I really found funny was that we're always accused of taking people's jobs. But the thing is, a lot of the jobs that immigrants take are the ones that no one else wants to do. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, but I love how you guys get accused of taking people's jobs, but then the same people complain about how no one's working. Anyways, go mm-hmm. on. That too. Oh, this generation's so lazy, no one wants to do work. At my father. Open. But then we're accused that we're taking jobs. So which one is it? Is no one working or is everyone working and taking the jobs? Like, and if we're taking the jobs, that's probably because we're more qualified than you. So, step it up. Um, I have had to cut friends because of the views that we had were not aligned in during, like, the Trump era and stuff, and the treatment of minorities and stuff. Um, I did have to cut someone off from the group, as you know, because of that. And uh, there was something that I was told. Like, I've obviously been told to go back to my country, although this is my country, so where am I going? Like, <laughs> huh? My two parents are from Nicaragua, so I'm, like, full Nicaragua in blood, but, like, I was born here. I was raised here. Where do you want me to go? Like, I'm going to be clueless over there, but not here, because this is my home. Like, please. It's so insane that they have the audacity to say that. Mm-hmm. Um... That's the thing, too. I think they were trying, or they did send back some of, like, the Dreamers and stuff like that. And it's, like... Yeah. Most of them would come here when they were, like, two. Like, one or two. They go back there, most of them can't speak the language fluently, even. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you expect them to do? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, if you, like, got sent back for some reason, if they were, like, yeah, being born here's not enough, your parents, like... We're first generation here. We're going to kick you back. Like, you want to be able to survive, I feel like, really well back down there. Because you're not even fluent in the language. Mm-hmm. It just didn't make sense at all. Um, yeah, I think that's all that I can remember that I wanted to cover for this episode. Um, did you have anything else? Um, uh, no, not that happened to me. There, I live in Ohio, so I live in the Midwest. Um, a lot of people here, even though they don't live on farms, call themselves rednecks. <laughs> They're not. They live in the fucking suburbs, whatever. Um, they, and they tend to be very, very close-minded. So, it can be really hard around, like, you definitely have to mask around here. It's not like 
Miami, where honestly Miami does have like a very large LGBTQ community, you know what I mean? Yeah. You have to mask around here. Because if you don't, you are going to get hate crimed. My brother was, when he lived here, was like constantly berated by people. Um, like people would pull over and like yell at him and stuff like that. Um, I know two girls who, one of them went to my school and then the other went to a different school, but they were like dating and they wanted to go to prom together and they got threatened that if they went to prom together, that they would get the shit beat out of them basically. Um, by some guys who went to my school. Like it was very much it it is very much that you have to uh hide who you are here which is also very sad um they have to it's it's getting a little bit better i've noticed um especially with like the younger generation but it can still be hard especially if you're around like people who are like in their late 20s or like early 30s around here are the real big culprits of that stuff or older. Um, so you definitely need to like mask who you are around here. Um, I don't think I really experienced much myself. Um, just cause I wasn't out in high school and then in college all my friends were like, whatever. Um, I did have, so I, I have this roommate whose name was Mel. Love Mel. She's one of my best friends, right? Um, like, she knew I was gay because, like, whenever I moved into the dorms, um, they basically did, best way to describe it is roommate Tinder um, to find a roommate. So one thing that I would tell them is, yes, I'm a lesbian. That makes you uncomfortable. Don't room with me, right? And I had someone turn me down yeah. because of that. She's a bitch. Anyways. Um, but I ended up rooming with Mel. So she knew that I was um, gay. And she was... Mel was homeschooled. And I love Mel. I really do. But she was very, very oblivious to social situations because she was homeschooled her entire life. She didn't really have much of that socialization from being in high school and elementary school with other kids. Um, so, like, she didn't understand that some people don't accept people who are gay and stuff like that. She, did, she just didn't comprehend it. And that mm. if you know, and other people don't know, not to say it out loud. So we were hanging out with some people that um, I didn't know really yet. One of them I ended up dating and I'm still dating. Um, it's Alex. Um, and two of our other friends. Um, and we were sitting there eating. And I don't remember. We were talking about something with like relationships or who we like or something like that. And... Um, Mel was like, I don't remember how it came up, but Mel basically yelled in the middle of the food court in the mall, but Allison, you're gay. And I just looked at her like, oh. Mel, you can't just say that, especially around here. And then an older black lady like turned around and looked at me 
And she was like, God bless you. And I was like, I don't know if I should take that in a negative connotation or like, thanks. I didn't know how to take that. Um, but that was really my only weird experience with being LGBTQ. Um, yeah, if you ever come up here, guy, remember you gotta mask yourself. Um, and then, like, racial minority-wise, I don't see much around here. It's predominantly white, um, where I live. Um, so I don't really see a lot of minorities in general. Um let alone them getting, like, berated or anything like that. Um, so, yeah, I think that's about all I had to talk about. Yeah, me too, I think. Um, I didn't really have much with the discrimination on Hispanic and Latino because, again, I am in South Florida. There's a lot of us here. And the people usually are accepting here, obviously. If you're down here and you're, like, racist like that, then <laughs> your decision, like, we don't want you here either. So, but, yeah, I think that was all I had to say, too. All right. Well, thank you for listening to us talk about um, what it's like being a minority and what we kind of see um, around us. If you enjoyed listening, please follow us, subscribe to us, give us five stars, whatever it is, wherever you're listening. It'll help new people find us and all that fun stuff. Um, Guy, would you like to tell our listeners what will be next? Yeah, so we talk I talked about it for like the slightest bit this podcast but it's going to be about um like cooking and what we cook on a regular basis what we do for holiday um what we prefer as to like cooking or baking and stuff and then as i was mentioning like what we see as a uh, what we see in the differences of our community and what we cook and eat. So, more culture being brought up, stuff like that. And I think it'll be fun. Alright, so come back on, I think that's the fifth, I don't have a calendar up, but next um, Sunday to listen yeah, to us talk about uh, different cuisines and what we like to do, what we like to eat, all that fun stuff. And have a great week until then.